Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money-saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. We welcome in our good buddy, Mike McKenna, former NHL goaltender. He is now an NHL analyst for Daily Faceoff. You hear him on Sirius XM NHL Radio. And, of course, you hear him Fridays here on BK and Ferrario. And along with Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Alex Ferrario. Mike, how are you tonight, buddy? Well, I tell you what, I just came from an elementary school talent show, and I did not know how that was going to go for my daughter. <laughs> and I can tell you what. This kid might be a karaoke superstar someday. It went we, way better than I ever expected. So We were texting um, last night, Mike. I, I, I was asking yeah. you what she was going to do, and you said you didn't know if her friend was going to sing. So did her friend sing, or was she solo? You know, it was a proper duet. It ended up going pretty well. And um, it, it, I'm kind of riding that emotional dad high right now, <laughs> you know, where it's like, man, I, I really – didn't have a lot of confidence in what my kid was going to do. And she went up and crushed it. And it was just, you know, it was really cool because it was the first time a, a lot of parents and kids had all been in the same room together at school yeah. and everything. And, and, and it, you talk to any parent around town or anywhere in the United States or the world, it's just, that's been missing for a lot of us. So pretty cool mornings, but pretty last, last night was pretty cool too. eh? like uh, some good stuff happened around town, you know, for the blues. Heck yeah, it did Mike. And let's talk about it, man. I, I mean, what a, what a, adjustment game by the Blues because, I mean, it, it was a polar opposite team from what we saw in the first game to the second game. Mike, how does something like that change that drastically in just a game? Well, there's several factors to it. I mean, the first and foremost is that you just got to work, man. And I didn't think that the Blues in game one had their legs underneath them. They looked like a team that was at altitude for the first time in forever. And I know people hate excuses, but that's real. And I think that that was part of it. I, I think that the Blues were just a little bit flat against Colorado that first game. And, and it can kind of be cyclical. You know, if you don't have the puck to start the game for the first 10, 15 minutes, if you start chasing the puck, you know, you can tire out pretty quickly. And I thought that happened in game one. And whereas last night with the Blues taking the fight to the avalanche in the opposite direction, they had the legs. And I like the lineup adjustments that Craig Berube did, putting Buchnevich up on the top line with, uh, with O'Reilly and Perron, just shaking things up. And that's been one of the strong points of the Blues all year is that Berube knows he's deep enough with his forwards that he can put them on different lines. And he can mix it up in-game if he needs to. I mean, Saad jumped back up to the top line for a shift or two in the second period. And, you know, Tarasenko goes out with Torpchenko for a little while. Like, that's a strength for the Blues, and I thought it helped sustain their energy. But more than anything, they supported the puck all over the ice last night. You know, they were patient with it. They gave themselves a chance to get through the neutral zone and across the blue line with possession. I mean, I saw Nick Letty and Callie Rosie and carry it into the offensive zone, you know, three, four times a piece last night. 
And that's because the Blues were working. They were skating. They were competing. They were getting to position early and on time. And they did, they forced Colorado to defend. It was impressive. Mike, I'm glad you brought up Craig Bruby and the adjustments that he made with the lines. And, and we were talking about this just about two segments ago. And do you feel like Craig Bruby's just a little bit underrated nationally as a head coach? He's not in the Jack Adams conversation. He's made all the right moves. He's pushed all the right buttons in this playoffs when it was switching from Huso to Bennington in Game 3 in the series against the Minnesota Wild to changing to the 11-7 and decision-making and breaking up the lines last night. Do you feel like Craig Bruby's just a little bit underrated nationally? Uh, it's tough to read, you know. I mean, he doesn't have the big name that some of the other coaches have, but he's also he's had Philadelphia and then St. Louis, and that's been it. And I think part of that is because the year that the Blues won the Stanley Cup, Rube took over midway through the season, and everybody's been probably looking to see, well, what can he do with the full year? Well, it's been plenty of time now, and the team hasn't had much success in the playoffs since then. So. I think there was apprehension, but you look at the moves that Barube's made in game, and of course it's not just him, it's the entire staff, um, but I think they've been really, really good. And I wasn't sold on playing 11-7 against Colorado. I didn't think that that was a great idea. I, I thought that Colorado rolling four lines would eventually wear out the Blues forwards, and that didn't happen last night. And that's the reason why I'm not coaching and Craig Barube is, because <laughs> it looks good to have Perunovic available fresh to play some power play time when you need him. So, um, I think on the national scale, people are realizing it about Barube. He may not have that big name that some of the others do, but if you talk to people within hockey circles, everybody on the inside, they all know Barube is one of the top bench bosses. Mike McKenna, a former NHL goaltender, daily faceoff analyst, a Sirius XM NHL radio host as well, is with us here on BK and Ferrario on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Uh, Mike, be, uh, regarding that 11-7 decision, I really wondered if that can can – can hold up against this Colorado Avalanche team with like you did. And game two, I fully expected 12-6. But because we've seen two games where the Blues have not had a whole lot of power play time, can they sustain going 11-7 for the rest of the series, or do you think they're going to have to go to 12-6? That's been my big question surrounding it. You know, as the series weighs, wears on, can the Blues keep pace in that way? And, and can the Blues ex- – can they exceed Colorado's pace? Because last night I thought they were the better skating team. And, and I think a lot of it is going to have to do with the natural cadence of the games. But even last night where there weren't many penalties, okay, there were only two power plays aside, you look at Colorado and their fourth line didn't play a lot. They played two shifts in the first mi- in the first five minutes of the game, which made me think, man, Jared Bednar, the coach of the, of the Avalanche, is going to roll four lines all night. And that really didn't end up playing out at all. He ended up rolling three lines. And so if that's the way that the series stays, I think the Blues can continue to go 11-7 and seven if they want to. But if you start to see either of these clubs really start to lean heavy on their, on their fourth line, and especially Colorado, because they're going to be the ones driving the boat with the Blues 11-7. If Colorado starts to go heavier to four and have more legs, then we might see a change. Um, but, boy, I think you know as banged up as the Blues' blue line has been, I like having that extra body. And like I said, I really like having Perunovic available, fresh, for power play time when he's most valuable to your team. Mike, you you mentioned a little bit of, you know, heading into game three. We've seen Jordan Bennington play really well against this Colorado Avalanche team in the first two games of this series, and I fully expect that heading here back to St. Louis for games three and four. Me and Alex were talking about this a little bit off air earlier today. If the Blues are able to get game three, do you think there's some question that starts to get sewn into this Colorado Avalanche team about, oh boy, here we go again in the second round where we've struggled in the last couple of years? 
Well, don't forget last season, and that's kind of what you're hinting at. I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights dispatched the Colorado Avalanche in six games last year, and I had a front-row seat to that when I was working for the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, Colorado came out and destroyed Vegas' first game, 7-1 last year, and then they won the second game, and then they lost four straight. And I'm sorry, but you can't get that out of your head, especially a team like Colorado that still has the same core players. You wonder how they're going to respond because now St. Louis is coming back they got a split on the road, and they're playing two games at home with their fans. And how is Colorado going to respond? That's always the chess match. Do they have the juice to make it happen? And I think it's a little bit easier for Colorado. They're coming down to sea level, and, you know, it's they've played the Blues plenty before. They know how to handle them. But I think if you're looking momentum-wise, the Blues have that right now, and Jordan Bennington especially. Like, he's been lights out. Like, the first game – Phenomenal. Might have been the best game he's played since 2019. But even in game two, I thought Bennington was was rock solid for the Blues. He didn't have to do the same, but he was definitely better than Kemper. And if Bennington can continue to be better than Kemper, and if the Blues can continue to work five on five, they're going to put some serious doubts in Colorado's heads. And that's where I was going to go next with this, Micah, because you are the expert. You've played goal. You evaluate goaltenders on another level. What are you seeing from both guys? Because I really felt like last night I learned that Darcy Kemper can be exposed, and it feels like Jordan Bennington is starting to get into the heads of the Colorado Avalanche forwards. Yeah, I think that's a real factor for Bennington. And, you know, what really can drive it for him, and we say this repeatedly, but his puck handling just kills teams. It kills Colorado on the forecheck, and especially in playoffs when teams are playing as hard as they can, they're sticking to their systems most every game. Like you don't see many blowouts like we saw in the battle of Alberta the other night with a nine six <laughs> final, um, you know, they, Colorado tried to alter their approach to four checking. They stopped rimming pucks. They started to put it straight on Bennington. That didn't phase him. He still made outlet passes. So first that's a problem for Colorado. They're going to have to figure out a way to get pucks deep into the blue zone without letting Bennington handle that. But on top of it, just to me, I think his details have been so good lately. He's crisp. He's precise. He's not abandoning space in the net. And he's leading with his eyes and his head. And there's just not many holes. I've just been really impressed with his game in that way. And, you know, Kemper has looked, like I said, I think Kemper's been fine, but he hasn't been great in this series. Um, You know, Perron's shot down the wing that goes off the heel of Kemper's glove. That's clean. Like, that's not a bad goal. But if you're going to win a Stanley Cup, that's a save you have to make. Right. And especially against the Blues and in this round, like this is, it's getting serious now. So um, I, I think Kemper's definitely got a lot to prove remaining in this series, and especially if they want to get to the third round. Mike, one more I wanted to ask you was just on the defensive side and how the Blues played in game number two. I thought it was just as crisp of a game as you can ask for defensively because the communication was there. It was a five-man unit. But what I really liked was the fact that the guys on the blue line, they weren't making those cross-ice passes to try and get the puck out of the zone. It turned into short passes and just skating it out, which I think is an advantage for St. Louis. Big time, yeah. And it goes back to what I said right off the top. They supported the puck all over the ice. And we've had this discussion previously that when the Blues are trying to make 20, 30-foot cross-ice passes, that is not to their benefit. They have to move up the ice together. And, you know, I thought that Justin Falk was phenomenal in his own zone last night. He was patient with the puck. He didn't rush things. He was looking for that 10-foot pass, and if he didn't have it, he found a safe out for it. Same with Colton Pareko. 
um, those two guys have just been outstanding in the series. And um, I, I think that that really helped. But you also look at how the confidence of the Blues is there to carry the puck into the zone. Like I said, Laddie and Rosen, like you get the puck in stride in the neutral and everything's better. And, and then even flipping this to the defensive side, guys, like I know Robert Bortuzzo might have played 10 minutes and Mikko have played 15. But those guys had three huge blocks. And it wasn't just them. The Blues blocked 18 shots last night. Colorado blocked five. Bottom line, man, St. Louis wanted the game more. And they were willing to put their body on the line for it. And I thought that the performance last night is really what they need to do. That was the Blues identity we saw last night. That's got to continue the rest of the series. Absolutely. And Craig Berube, there was video on the Blues social media after the game last night, went into the locker room and talked about the sacrifices that everyone was making. And and that pays off big time uh, on a hockey team when you're seeing that on the ice. Mike, this is already an exciting series, man, and I can't wait for the next two that are going to be on home ice. Uh, you thought Colorado was loud. Wait till you hear Blues fans tomorrow night at Enterprise Center. I know you're going to be there for these games, so enjoy them. I believe you're going to be joining me on Monday for a little pregame intermission and postgame, so enjoy this weekend, man, and uh, we look forward to seeing you at the, at the rink this weekend. That sounds great. I am really looking forward to it. We'll see you down there at Enterprise, and Everybody enjoy this lovely weather. No more tornadoes today, so yes. <laughs> get out and, and enjoy the sun. And thankfully, uh, everyone was safe from all those tornadoes, so uh, we'll get out there and enjoy it. Mike McKenna, always appreciate him joining us here on BK and Ferrario.